Welcome back to the best book club in the multiverse. This is the latest session of the Geek Explained Book Club, where every single Friday, I, alongside my amazing friends, are going through every single issue of every single volume of Brian Michael Bendis, Mark Bagley, Trevor Harrison, Mark Brooks, Stuart Immonen, David LaFuente, Takeshi Miyazawa, Rafa Sandoval, Sarah Pacelli, Chris Somney, Joelle Jones, Jamie McKelvey, Scotty Young, Gabriel Hardman, Brian Hitch, Lee Garbett, Steve Kurth, Eric Nguyen. Carlo Pagulian, Salvador LaRocca, Clayton Crane, Luke Ross, Billy Tan, Mitch Breitweiser, and Dave Marquez's Ultimate Spider-Man. This week, we are covering Volume 2 of Ultimate Comics Spider-Man Miles Morales Edition. That's going to be issues 6 through 12, and boy, oh boy, was this just... Oh man, what a story. What a story. Uh, I am your host, the spectacular Eric Zana, and I am joined by the only two men who I would trust to help get me through the early days of my superheroism without any web shooters to boot. First off, he's the man who's making a name for himself in Mexico and New York. It's Malcolm Russell Nelson. Hi, I, uh, I got to go meet with the tinkerer, so let's, let's go ahead and make this fast. Yeah, Malcolm's on a uh, on a timetable, and he is the man who would blackmail me just to uh, get back at my dad. It's Jacob Brown. Hey, I'm just trying to live my life. <laughs> Aren't we all? Well, hey. Gentlemen, we are talking volume two of Miles Morales Spider-Man, and maybe it's early, but is this like as good or better than Peter Parker's Spider-Man, or am I crazy? No, no, you're not crazy. Am I crazy for thinking You're not that? crazy. It's as good, if not better. Like, it's yeah. wild. Yeah, this shit is excellent. Wow. This shit is excellent. It's like really well done. Yeah, I, I was... Keep forgetting, uh, I keep forgetting that Peter, that, that this Spider-Man is like, like only second, 13 12? years old. 12? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's only He's like 13 eight years, years old. old. Yeah. Exactly. That's, that's what's he what's is a child. Me. Yeah, spider yes. baby running around here. <laughs> Spider baby, spider, spider baby. babies coming soon to Disney XD. Spider <laughs> babies are thwip, thwip, thwip for you da, 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 on a surfboard. <laughs> yeah, of course. Spider yeah. baby, please, for vacation. please, Disney. Yep. please make you got a crossover with Watchmen babies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, the greatest Simpsons joke of all time. V for vacation because it's it is evergreen. It's it's evergreen. It's always going to make sense. Saw a so, lot of that this week. Oh uh, boy, did we! <laughs> nostalgia. Nostalgia. Searching for the Watchmen. Nostalgia. Nostalgia. I'm hip. You know what? Let's let's go ahead and take a sidebar real quick. Sidebar. Why not just do stuff with Watchmen characters? Who gives a fuck? Who gives a fuck? Like, like, let's do it like uh, everybody loves Watchmen so much let's go ahead and just, like, i think it's i think stuff. it's the double whammy of the Watchmen grave robbing and it being jeff johns yeah like because if, if this was being done by somebody else i don't think it would be getting the the at least the attention no i I, th- I think i think it would i, th- I think it would you think so because the only people that they would trust to do that with are their at their a tier people and that's all the people that like everybody has a problem with anyway okay but what if it was like, what if it was somebody like joshua williamson doing it i feel like there would still be some heat about it 
granted but i i don't think it would be as much as i don't it think it'd be as much because yeah. you have that like baseline of heat that you're yeah. getting just with jeff johns being involved yeah and then on top of that it's like flashpoint beyond watchmen watchmen everywhere watchmen yeah. crisis who yeah. crises like, the watchmen who crises <laughs> infinite crises in the, the watchmen yeah. infinite watchmen infinite watchmen that's the next one yeah. the watchmen strike back crisis Return on of infinite the watchmen, watchmen. <laughs> the watchmen awakens oh, like, the can, we stop? The can we stop with the watchmen? rise of the, the watchmen rise, rise of the watchmen the watchman saga oh my god attack of the watchmen the watchman the, watch <laughs> the, watch the, the, watch <laughs> the book of watchmen the watch wars <laughs> and, re and, re and, and revenge of the shit the all oh, anal final chapter watch mandor and or oh wait uh, uh nobody <laughs> obi obi watchman kenobi there you go pretty cool pretty close pretty close it just rolls pretty off the tongue close. yeah it flows but anyway uh, i'm just fine with them doing whatever with watchman characters who cares yeah. you know can I we just stop though yeah, you I'd know rather, what? I rather I, us just like be done I with the watch. I see so the I see the bullshit discourse. Why don't they just make new characters all the time? There you go, a they, brand new character. Nostalgia. Nostalgia. <laughs> I love how you character. do it. I love that's the only way to say the name. <laughs> it's the only one that makes sense to me. Because you have to say it like it's a perfume commercial. Exactly. Nostalgia. It sounds like a perfume. That's what it's it is. It is <laughs> in Watchmen. <laughs> in Watch Mandor. In Watch, Watch yeah. Mandalorian. Watch Mandalorian. Yeah. Watch Mandalorian. Uh, so yeah. Uh, <laughs> so blanket statement. Watchmen. Open grave. Yeah. Feel free to rob. Because guess what? Uh, you know what? That TV show is fifty times better than that comic is. Hundred percent. Before Watchmen, specifically the Minutemen story. 50 times better than the original comic is and you and know what i'm not gonna apologize for it i like doomsday clock i like doomsday, doomsday clock, clock a lot 50 times better than the original watchman story we have said it fucking rips that is uh that is fucking going to be rips. our hot take of the week hell welcome, yeah welcome to hot takes of the week where uh, every week we have a hot take and it's something that we're just starting this week, but now is, is our and now every week we're gonna have a hot take. Hell we're yeah. have a hot take hot every take. single week. I'm down. Our inaugural hot take of the week. Uh, Doomsday clock drives. Doomsday clock fucking rips. I'm thinking about getting that absolute because that absolute is. I'm gorgeous. thinking about it too because I almost Doomsday got clock tricked. Rips. I almost got tricked into getting the stupid like two volume like slipcover thing. Oh, the slipcase. Thing. Yeah, that that but was. I was stupid. like, the I'm big hold trade off. paperback is better. Yeah, like, the big trade paperback is gorgeous. I'm gonna get that absolute. Doomsday Clock is awesome. Doomsday Clock, everybody. Goes. You know why? Because it's the only story in the modern era that tells you exactly how important Superman is to the DC universe. Fucking right. And now that we have weeded out all of the people who are tuning into our podcast for the first time, yep. Let's talk about some <laughs> Ultimate Spider-Man. Uh, there goes the audience. <laughs> there goes the neighborhood. There goes my audience. Watch them as they go. You know, I actually, I, I have a really fun joke. I'm just gonna riff off this right now. So I, uh, I was at a wedding the other day, and. Um, I really wanted to request a song for the uh, for the DJ uh, for the DJ, and I went up to uh, to DJ and I was like, "Hey, uh, can I make a request?" He's like, "Okay, I have two rules though: uh, the song can't be by Foo Fighters, 
and it can't be associated with any really popular anime. And so I said, well, there goes my hero. Yeah. So, you know what? Yeah. Ultimate yeah. Spider Man. Great joke. Great joke. Uh, 10 out of 10. Thank you. Great joke. Uh, <laughs> that was fantastic. That was fantastic. Uh, so, Ultimate Spider Man, oh. Chapter 6. <laughs> oh, that's so That was fantastic. So <laughs> I'm really, like, actually, like. <laughs> uh, we pick I'm, up. I'm in the back. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Jacob got to hear me boo him from the back uh this week this weekend i went to uh watch a gaslight show and i got to boo him from the back row it was, it was well worth it Catharsis. i heard him i heard you laugh by the way i never told you this but i heard you laugh the minute i came out like walked out with, <laughs> for the dog show uh, the other guy with uh with no 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 from uh in the beginning of the show, oh, Troya? Yeah. Like I heard, I heard an audible like, ah! Yep, and that was me. All the way. That's <laughs> because so the people cool. around me sucked. <laughs> awesome. So we pick up chapter six of Ultimate Spider-Man, not in New York City, not even in the greater Brooklyn area. We're over in Mexico City. I don't know what we're doing here, but we're about to find out because we pick up with the other uh, costumed member of the Miles Morales family, Aaron Davis. He uh-huh. is in Mexico City to uh, spin the wheel, make a deal, and he is there to uh, interact with the Scorpion. But not, not our hunchback of Notra Parker. This is a new <laughs> Scorpion. <laughs> this Scorpion is scary. This Scorpion's scary, and you know what? It makes me uh, retroactively kind of annoyed with myself that when i watched into the spider verse i was like oh look at this completely new and not at all ad- adapted version of the scorpion i love yeah this. i mean yeah. i mean they totally you know bastardized this version for oh, the movie they absolutely did <laughs> yeah. i kind of liked making him into a scorpion though i think I, that's cool for me sure too. but i love this version good. this is this is uh the closest that we've gotten to this version i think is uh what's the actor's name michael mando oh yeah nacho that's definitely what they were pulling for this like they're definitely going for especially like towards the end of the movie like when he's got the scar and everything i'm like i which i'm still so mad that they haven't followed up on that thread because i wanted this and they never never will will. they never will you know why because the mcu spider-man movies are ultimately a disappointment because of Sony. Half of it is because of Sony. Let's be uh, I uh, I can say I, that, but honestly, I also can't say that because Sony did not only the Amazing Spider-Man, but they also did Into the Spider-Verse. Honestly, so they've got goodwill for me for a good while. That's that's what I mean. It's both hands. I think it's both them and Disney. They both let down that franchise by making it a MCU thing as opposed to a street level thing like they should have. 100%. Uh, and that's why this current run of Spider-Man rules. So you're fucking right it does. <laughs> one thing that sticks out immediately jumping into this is the king is back, ladies and gentlemen. It's Chris Somni on art again, and Ugh. it was like a breath of fresh air. Mm, look at how good everyone's hair looks. Jesus. Look how good everyone's everything looks. Chris Somni is so, he's so good. I love Somni drawing so Spider-Man. And maybe it's because yeah, like, me too. Miles yes. is like, tinier and lankier but i love how he draws miles in motion yeah 
like yeah. this first panel. It looks you like see a little Miles. boy flipping around. He looks just air. like woo. He looks <laughs> yeah. like fucking Peter Pan, like yeah, like floating through the air. It's like a Peter Pan shadow was running around the rooftops, basically. Yes, though don't don't. Why are you gonna call him his shadow? Because he's wearing a black costume. Is that? It's because it's in shadow. He looks really good. Yeah, so uh, with the Scorpion, what? Uh, Scorpion and Aaron Davis have a little uh, little tête-à-tête. Uh, Aaron Davis shows that he's he's got some tech with him. He's got a little little zappy taser thing. Yeah, it's a zap jacket. Zap jacket. Everyone deserves zap a zap jacket. jacket. Who I love. I love zap jacket from Invincible. Yeah, Zap Jacket was my favorite character. In that was a, that was a good tech jacket joke. That was just for Jacob. That's actually awesome. The one I tech really jacket fan. Exactly. Jacob Brown, the, the one tech jacket fan. There we go. I'm in there. the back. Yay. 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 <laughs> so we see Miles back in Brooklyn uh, doing his street level Spider-Man thing. I love the fact that when he tries to get in the way of these purse snatchers, this guy just wallops Miles upside the head. Yo, homie yeah. doesn't even wait a second. No fear. Max him right in the face. No, no fear. fear. Just like the apparel. Just no fear. Yup. <laughs> and so and at the same time, like he hits him, he drops Spider-Man, and then he goes immediately to pull his pants up. Yep. Like, I think that's hilarious. Yep. That's the thing. And too real. Insomnia on here. The visual language is perfect. Yes. 100%. He's so good at that visual language. Yeah. Right? Uh, Spidey is able to beat the crap out of these guys. Uh, the lady who he's saved from the purse, purse uh, snatching is very appreciative. And of course, who rolls up? It's the 5 0. It's the cops. And what do they do immediately? They go to try to arrest him. Woo woo. Like it's the Sokovia Accords or something. Mm-hmm. And this lady's immediately like, D- he didn't even do anything. The cops are like, nah, sorry, we're New York police. We got to profile everybody. They and- said, listen, we got a little bit of a glimpse underneath that mask. We we know he's going to do something. <laughs> he fits the description. He fits the description. Yeah. And so Miles is able to uh, do a quick little backflip and jump away. And I don't know what it is but there's something refreshing about spider-man not being able to use webs yeah Yeah. it's kind of awesome it's It's like stripping back superman to his like jump real high punch real hard days yes that's exactly it and it makes him feel more street level and you have to get more creative with it too yeah which i really like yeah and so uh we see back in mexico city that uh aaron davis is there with uh scorpion and he's trying to strike a deal but uh, his zap jacket only has uh, two zaps and it doesn't really work. But uh, Aaron Davis is able to escape from the Scorpion, but runs right into Mexico City cops. Yeah, he kicks Scorpion right in the dick. Right in the <laughs> dick. That should be indicative of uh, what's <laughs> ah, 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 of uh, the kind of person that Aaron is. He fights dirty. I, I honestly thought that's what he meant when he said, I broke my own rules after he kicked him in the dick. It's just like, I broke my own rules. I kicked somebody in the dick. I, I, wasn't, in the dick. I wasn't supposed to hit below the belt, but Damn it's it. not how I do. It's not how I do Damn business. It. It's not up to code. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Miles heads back to his home uh, to his mom. His fine-ass mom. His fine. Yes, his fine mom, Malcolm. <laughs> fine as hell. Yes. 
She's fine. And it's actually mentioned by Ganku, which is yeah. his great moment later on in yeah. the volume, where he's like, can I come over? Stare, stare your at your hot mom. Yeah, that'd be me. She's fine as hell. I get it. I get it. I get it. Uh, so Miles is having a conversation with his mom, basically recapping the conversation he had with his dad, Jefferson. And she's basically like, look, I get it. You're stressed. Your dad was a different person. He's different now. You don't have to, you know, be like your uncle. You don't even have to be like your dad. Like you are your own person and you can be who you want to be, which I love. I love that Rio is this really, um, this North Star for Miles. It's really, I really Mm -hmm. like that. And so uh, Genki goes to, uh, Genki arrives and he butts in and wants to show Miles like, hey, look, I want to show you something. And this is one of my favorite pieces of long-term booking. He pulls out a copy of Webman, the straight-to-DVD release that I guess in bootleg uh, versions is also Spider-Man the movie. Uh, but Webman, the true Webman. Uh, spider guy, pulls out the movie. Spider, incredible spider guy. Uh, <laughs> we see him pop open his little like portable DVD player, which I think is hilarious, first of all. Boy, specific time period. Right? Yeah. And then shows him footage from this movie. Y'all remember way back in the day, flashback, where we saw Spider-Man the movie being made, uh-huh. or uh-huh. for the real ones, Webman the movie being made, uh-huh. and uh, the actual fight between Spider-Man and Doc Ock basically became the movie. Uh, quick aside as well, again, Chris Somney drawing the spider logo with the spider upside down, like it's calling yep. down his costume. Love it. Peak. Uh-huh. Love Peak it. Spider-Man. Honestly, so clean. Clean as hell. Uh, and you know what? Honestly, the way that Somni draws Spider-Man is actually very similar to Tom Holland's last suit, No Way Home. Yeah. I kind of dig the No Way Home suit more now that it resembles Somni's art. The shiny-ass one? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So we cut back to the Daily Bugle. Da- specifically, Daily Bugle Enterprises, which I think is hilarious. And we see that uh, someone was recording Miles's early uh, purse snatching intervention. It was Betty Brandt. Miss Brandt is looking for a job after she got Miss fired. Brand. Miss Brandt. She is there to uh, interact with Jonah. And I know we talked about how good everybody looks. Jonah looks great. Robbie looks great. But you know who looks real good? In profile mm. in the back of that. Our boy, Ed mm, Daddy. God damn, Yurik just in profile. <laughs> oh man, he could get it. He doesn't even need to speak. That's what's so great about that. Yep. Just... And so we cut back to Mexico City. Uh, Aaron Davis has been uh, apprehended. He's sitting in a Mexico City jail, and then he gets the uh, morning newspaper. To his surprise, sees right on the front page. It's a brand new Spider-Man. Yep. And he knows something because he gets real irate. Chapter seven. Uh, we see this great little uh, one-page montage where 
uh, Miles is watching the movie and trying to, you know, use it as instructional video. You know, like we all rented those uh, DVDs from Blockbuster, Karate and Ten Steps. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh, Miles yeah. is trying uh-huh. to do that as well. That's exactly it. Because that's exactly what a 12-year-old kid would do. Exactly. Like, that's his, so uh, that's his MO. Like, yeah. I got to learn karate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, <laughs> this is a great moment too where Rio like opens the door. He's like, Can you go can you not, please? Can you close shut the door? <laughs> and like she was a hundred percent looking at him like really? Like you got, you got this early, huh? <laughs> like I know you're a growing boy, but like at least whatever. And she shuts the door. And you can see the look on Miles's face, just like, oh God. <laughs> She's like, Why are you sweaty? He's like, I I was working out. <laughs> and Rio's just like, okay, then just say you were working out. Because <laughs> she doesn't believe that for a goddamn second. <laughs> and so we cut to uh, breakfast. Breakfast with the Morales slash Davises. And we still don't know for certain why Miles goes by Miles Morales. Uh, do you not? No. What would his name be otherwise? Miles Davis. Yeah, why would he go by Miles Davis? <laughs> okay, but That's in awesome. universe, Malcolm. Yeah, in universe, why would he go by Miles Davis? Come on. Get, get out of here. Get out of here. That's exactly Miles Davis Jr. Get out of here. Right. So That's exactly why. Get out of here. So we see that Jefferson exactly is not right. about this new Spider-Man. He's not happy about it. He's like, whatever, Spider-Man sucks, superheroes suck. And so we get the crux of this volume right here. Jefferson will never ever accept Miles as Spider-Man. And that's Miles's whole view on this. So he goes out doing his Spider-Man thing. I love this full page splash Need with it. Miles Need just it. jumping throughout the city. Love it. And need it for a poster. Uh, when when this when this book was coming out, uh I was the kind of person who would uh, screenshot a lot of shots in comics so I could have them as like phone backgrounds or like iPod backgrounds. And a lot of these two issues were screenshot for me. Hell yeah. <laughs> a lot of a yes. lot of specific images. This was one of them. Uh, the like, oh, could you panel of Miles in the last issue where he's kind of like turned like side profile. Like that was one like I so going through this, I was like, oh, my God. I had a lot of these as phone background images because they're sick. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And then we get this great scene that Into the Spider-Verse did a great job with as well, where Miles is like, all right, I need to leap off a tall building. Finds a tall building, starts climbing up, and immediately realizes he's afraid of heights. Uh-huh. And I love that. Uh-huh. I really, really do. Uh, he hears a faboom in the distance and goes off to investigate well, wait a second. Wait a second. You're skipping something. You're right. We need to talk about who he sees. Because he's climbing up this building. I he lands on a ledge. that. He lands yeah. on a ledge. And on this ledge, there's a nice like little deck chair outside of it. And uh, an Amorbius omnibus, which is really funny. Obviously. Uh, <laughs> and who does he see in there? Having the time of his life. Former principal Suntress. I did not even having a hoagie. That that's amazing. And eating some chips and watching some 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 people shake ass on MTV. 
<laughs> oh yeah, he's he's got the latest uh, Girls Gone Wild going. Oh on yeah. yeah, like yeah, it's, it's unbelievable that this dude quit his job as a principal in a high school in New York and is and living is, a life now. He has failed upwards. Is he's what has happened. He's living halfway up a high rise in Brooklyn. That's that's yeah. new, typical New York though. Like you, you just, just fall that's upwards. not cheap. That yeah, ain't no, cheap. It's you just fall into money, and that's what happens. Girls yeah. going wild videos this time in 2012 were not cheap, bro. Mm-mm. How? How do you? That's thirty dollars easily, bro. Medium. Easily. Minimum. So Miles, here's a. Fa-boom. I watched a lot of late night TV. <laughs> like a lot of late night TV. The infomercials. So pretty, yeah, I have a pretty good idea of how much. This- <laughs> I remember. Sure, those like Malcolm. That. It was the infomercials. Listen, why would I have to pay for it if I could just see the infomercials? Agreed. Right? They did They're show a lot in those infomercials. Yeah, like borderline <laughs> too much. Like way too much. That's for, why they stop showing. Eleven o'clock those. at night. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, because be like, I could just watch the infomercial. <laughs> uh, Spidey jumps off to uh, go find out the source of the faboom and finds Omega Red, who we have not seen in a hot minute since yeah. Peter Parker buried him underneath a vending machine. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. I love Chris Omni draws that design real good, like real good. He's like you guys. Yeah, he's I like, really like I know you guys it. didn't love it last time, but like, holy shit. Somni oh, it's hell out of it. Oh, it's still garbage, but Somni draws it <laughs> as well as it can look. This yeah. stupid little bulletproof discs. I love yeah. it. I love what it. Is he, what is he? Uh, kinetics or whatever? Oh, God, what was this? Speedball? Uh, no, uh, uh, kinetic or whatever it was the 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 bad guy from Invincible with the little like discs all over himself and everything like that was it Power Kinetic? What was his name? What was his powers? He would he had kinetic energy. Remember when he would like get hit? He would like uh, he fried his family while uh, oh, Powerplex. oh Powerplex Powerplex there yeah. you go yeah I was thinking of his My favorite Invincible energy. character yeah, yeah Powerplex Powerplex he's got the Powerplexness of uh, the discs and stuff. Who's got the power, the power, the power, power plex? That better be his theme song in the Invincible TV show. So help me God. Also, Amazon. Let me play power plex. Guys. In the TV yes. show. Guys. Let yes. me play power plex. Guys. I am the only the person. I'm the only person knocking on your door to play power plex. Let Guys. me play power plex. Guys. Yes. Hashtag is on it for PowerPlex. All right, starting it out. Starting it out. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, when is, when is that next season coming out? By the who way, knows? Is that they're out? recording no. it, as far as we know. <laughs> okay. All right. So we'll find uh, out. We'll as find long out. as it's going. Whoa! Holy shit! What? Sorry, I went to go do the hashtag, but uh, Anime Wong is going to be on the quarter. What? Anime Wong. She's like an old Hollywood actress. Oh. But oh she's going to be on the quarter. She's the first Asian America to be featured on U.S. currency. Ooh! Ooh. Holy Hell shit. yeah! Holy Fuck shit! Yes. You know what? It's about damn time. 
In a minute, I don't hear comments. I don't know what we're singing. But it is about time that we Asians got our faces on some currency. Yeah, holy shit. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I am going to personally say thank you. They also went for a really deep cut poll, but like. Yeah. Well, they're not going to be like Ken Jong on the quarter. <laughs> <laughs> they're not going to have the Spanish teacher from Community on the on currency. It's, it's not even Ken Jong specifically, like Senior Chang with the, <laughs> the with the sombrero. The sombrero, yeah. <laughs> and and the and, quote and on, on the it back, saying, I allow it. Yeah, on the back instead of in God we trust, it says I'll allow it. <laughs> Someone make that coin. Send it to us. No, it says in Chang we trust. Yeah, in Chang we trust. You're right. Fuck, oh, that's right. In Chang we trust. Oh, man. Uh, so, Senior Chang. Senior so Chang. meanwhile, at the Tinkerer's workshop, we find. I love the immediacy of this scene. Tinkerer is just like doing his thing, you know, tinkering in his little workshop and all of a sudden the panel is just prowler with a gun at his head mm-hmm. i love the immediacy yes. and he's basically like what do you know about the spider-man how how did you outfit him he's like i don't know what the fuck you're talking about and prowler prowler knows where spider-man got his stuff which i think is very yeah. interesting and as we'll come to find out is intentional mm-hmm. but he basically says, look, who else knows about the spiders with the numbers on them? And Tinker's like, I don't even know what we're talking. And he blows them away. Just executes the Tinkerer. I was not expecting that. God, Sony yeah. draws the hell out of that Prowler suit. That Prowler suit. I'm sorry. It's the best one. I know Very you good. love the movie design, but like, God movie damn, design. that Prowler suit being like a reverse that Spider-Man King. suit is oh, so awesome. So You're not cool. wrong. You're not wrong. And I actually noticed that it's supposed to be like an inverse Spider-Man suit with the uh, with the eyes, how sound yeah. draws them. It's yeah. really, really cool. It's sick. So uh, back with Omega Red, uh, he is just as surprised to see Spider-Man as Spider-Man is to see Omega Red. And the two of them engage in some fisticuffs. Uh, we see that Miles is unprepared for Omega Red, and he is whooping this boy good until mm-hmm. Spidey's able to hit him with that Venom Blast. Ooh! Gets him <laughs> right in the neck and is able to put Omega Red down. And I love the the Final Fantasy, yeah! Like, <laughs> fist up in the air, and you hear... As as his as his experience is loading up, the points and everything, yeah, yep, uh, just really good. I I love that frame. <laughs> and so uh, next day, Brooklyn Visions Academy, uh, Genki and Miles are walking to school when who do they come across? Aaron Davis, and he knows Miles' secret. Chapter eight brings us a new artist. That artist being Dave Marquez. Dave Marquez. Boy, oh boy. They are just putting all the best artists on this book now, aren't they? This this is where Dave Marquez really cuts his teeth. He's he was good before this. This book is where he gets to be Dave Marquez. And holy shit. And we start in a place that I not, did not expect us to go. Ocean Avenue. 
<laughs> where I used to sit and talk with you. Uh, yeah, we were both 16. It felt so right. You know, Sleeping all day, staying, staying up, up all night. 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 <laughs> we're in Paris. And who else is in Paris? Aunt oh, May alongside. And uh, taking in the sights of all these French people, specifically these French boys, is... Le girl from the wrong side of the tracks. <laughs> Wait a second. Gwen Stacy! Do we need to look that up in French right now? Yeah, like, can we try? Oh, God. Okay, give me, give me one second. Uh, <laughs> that was amazing. Uh, I thought you were actually going to sit. I thought you were actually going to speak French, actually. That's what I thought. I was like, oh. No, it's, it's just there. enough. It has to be just enough French for you to get the flavor. Just enough Pepe Le Pew, but not Pepe Le Pew. Okay, here we go. I am putting this into Google Translate. Pepe du Mauvais Cote de Piste. Yeah, that sounds right to me. Yeah, right? Right? All right, let, let's see if I can see if I can do this. Uh, uh, checking out the sites, specifically these French boys is... La Fille du Mauvais Côté des Pistes. <laughs> Terrible. Terrible. No, so good but you know what? It was so good. I'm going to so, take it. I'm going to take it. It was so yeah. worth it. I love it. And it's you the only put t- over like the stereotypical like French music. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like a violin and everything. Just, just La Vie and Rose. Yeah. <laughs> Smoking uh, a cigarette the wrong way in a beret, you know. It's just Marianne Colliard's speech from like some movie. And she's like, <laughs> That's the one. So Aunt Mayor Gwen Stacy are just living the life in Paris. And I, I love this like, for them. It's so good. It's it's the ending they deserve. However, it's not the ending that they are going to get because Aunt May catches a passerby with a newspaper that shows off a brand new Spider-Man. Encore Spider-Man! Un hero Kapoor! Les routes de la ville! I spit in your general direction! La generation! Ah, Monsieur Incredible! So Aunt May there goes our is, French audience. They're there we now. go. <laughs> there we go. So alienating audiences every week, every thirty <laughs> yeah. minutes. And so we see uh, Aunt May show the paper to Gwen, and the two of them are not pleased by this. Cut back to Brooklyn Visions Academy, where Aaron Davis is being a sketchy fuck. Uh, just. <laughs> He's got the hat brim low. He's standing outside of a school that he obviously does not go to. He's looking sketchy. He's looking sketchy. And he is not beating around the bush with Miles. He's like, I know. You know. Does your dad know? Do you want him to know? Because swear to God, I'm going to tell him if you don't help me. And luckily, we have a, uh, a school staff member come over. Uh, telling him he needs to leave. 
she gets the security and he's like no i'm going i'm going but everyone leaves understanding that this is going to be a problem aaron davis is wonderful he's such a great villain because he has such an interesting menace to him absolutely agree and i think a lot of people myself included like have the version of Aaron in the Spider-Verse where he is ultimately like a quote-unquote good person. Yeah, I hate that. <laughs> you know what? If I had read this first, yeah. I'd probably feel the same way. Yeah. yeah. I um, I think that's all good and fine and everything. And I that's I think that's also the thing with Mahershala is that yeah. you get a Mahershala Ali, you know, yeah. because Mahershala like he's he's very charismatic. He's got a little bit of menace to him, but ultimately he you want to be on that guy's side. Yeah. This needs to be someone else. This needs to be like a, I don't know, like a, like a, like a Jonathan Majors or some shit, you know. I was going to say like a uh, John David Washington or John David Washington would put his whole ass bussy in this role. He'd be so good. <laughs> he would. He would crush shit. this. He would crush this because he's got that menace for sure. He'd be good for it. Ooh. And so, um, or honestly, Childish Gambino himself. I don't I, I don't think he has the I don't think he has the right tone. I think he could. I think he could do it. I don't know. I'm really loving uh, Atlanta. It's making me see a side of him that I've not seen a lot. Because <laughs> he's a shitbag. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm saying no, I think he has I, the range. No, you got to for something like this. It's got to be like it's like equal parts. Uh donald glover and specifically like daniel kaluuya's performance in widows <laughs> okay first off <laughs> it's okay. like underrated movie yeah. uh, widows. Widows is the most underrated movie of the year it came out it should have won oscars everyone got- should go watch widows widows is fucking perfect but you know what i just thought of who he actually resembles a little bit in this art snoop Dogg. lakeith stanfield yeah, yeah. Uh, Lakeith would be perfect for this. Lakeith would crush uh, yeah. this. Lakeith would crush this. He's he's a better pick for sure. We then cut to the New York Police Department, a familiar sight with a familiar man. It's our boy Captain Quaid. Nova. Oh, 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 yeah. Oh, I thought oh, you were gonna do Nova oh. too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's the most important one in this scene. It's Captain Quaid, the best. Randy Quaid. Quaid. How's that Branzino? <laughs> uh, we do see as we have the uh, the recurring every time we check in with the police department uh, cameo. And this is 616 Nova yep. shouting, I'm telling you, it's a cube, a cosmic cube. Which is interesting because in the context of the Ultimate Universe, there actually already is a cosmic cube. So that's fine. And also like this was what? 2012? 2012. 2013 why aren't they why aren't they talking about 2012 stuff why aren't they going like yeah it's avengers versus x-men that's exactly it's a force a phoenix force (laughs) (laughs) that'll be coming i'm sure (laughs) but we uh we catch up with not just uh captain quaid we catch up with the second most important person in miles's life it's the kangaroo Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Frank Oliver. Oi, oi, oi. It's Frank Oliver, the kangaroo. 
And it's Frank uh, Oliver the kangaroo. He loves me. I love you. I don't know why that like, popped in my head. That was high key fucked up of you. Excellent. Excellent. No that notes. So wild. Uh, Quaid wants to know all about this new Spider Man. And he is interrogating Frank Oliver to that point. Uh, we cut over to a uh, shady mob dealing in Brooklyn. And we find out that uh, the Scorpion has followed Aaron Davis home. And he is going to cut through everyone he needs to to get to him. And as good as Somni drew the Scorpion in those initial two issues, goddamn Marquez. Marquez. Oh, man. This full page spread with him, uh, with the chain covered in blood, with the uh, Bronco, uh, the uh, the Rock's first tattoo belt buckle. Yeah. (laughs) Man. Yeah. Uh, tweak this character a little bit, and I think The Rock could have done this version of Scorpion, and it would have been terrifying. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, we do live in an era where The Rock feels that like he's the best person to play a Middle Eastern character. So, I mean, definitely, I think The Rock could have played this. Uh, Hispanic I mean, character. he's done it twice right. now. You're right. Never yeah. forget the Scorpion King. You're right. Just, Never yeah. forget. He was the Scorpion King. He could be the Scorpion. Ah! Stand alone. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! I forgot about that. What a time in history that was. That was toxic. Oh man, there was some big 2000, 2002, 2003 energy there. That was that was uh, high key toxic. I kind of thought like, whatever when this like uh, whenever this comic came out, uh, this version of Scorpion, uh, he looks a little bit like if Danny Trejo was like injected steroids and shaved his head pretty much yeah. to me. Yeah, he looks like if Danny Trejo grew up like in the 2000s. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't, I'm looking it up right now because I'm wondering who voiced the Scorpion in, in the Spider-Verse. If well, it's like, Trejo, I just I'm going like, to laugh so hard. <laughs> I just hear like Javier Bardem when I hear. Ooh, this. Bardem Ooh, would this, be incredible. This, like that's who you get to voice this, yeah. this, this version. Like, I mean, even in live action, like Bardem would crush this. Bardem would be scary. Yeah, he'd be pretty awesome. Terrifying. So we cut to uh, Brooklyn Visions Academy. Uh, Miles is perplexed. He is perturbed. He is not doing well, uh, knowing that his uncle is going to try and uh, pull something with him. Though, quick shout out to Genki in Frame 2 rocking the Captain Boomerang merch, because remember, mm-hmm. DC Comics is a thing in the Ultimate mm-hmm. Universe. Genki, mm-hmm. based as fuck. You're right. He's based. Genki knows. <laughs> Captain we, Boomerang's where it's at. We love a king. We love a king. Uh, we see that uh, that night, Miles has to go uh, deal with... Uh, with some stuff he needs to get this energy out he needs to go do some good and so he goes to leave i love how judge is just in the dark their their roommate is just he has no idea what's happening but he's just like yeah cool whatever uh yeah it's kind of a bummer yeah it is because i i would like to get him more involved same yeah uh, as Miles goes out on patrol, he finds that there's a ruckus going on. And who's causing this ruckus? It's your boy, the ringer! I'm the ringer! <laughs> I'm the ringer! Back up! You heard me! Back up! 
oh no and spidey pops out he's just like are you kidding me and oh it's silence silence (laughs) i came to get what's mine you will not touch me (laughs) and so uh miles is initially uh trapped by the rings however he realizes what Peter never did. That you can still kick with your arms <laughs> trapped. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he wallops the ringer with a solid kick to the jaw, knocking this man out. And uh, as he is unconscious, the ringer can't uh, disengage the rings that are binding Miles. So he is set up, wrapped, and ready for the police to show up. And as these policemen are about to start on Miles, Captain Quaid walks up. Quaid. Says, you need to talk to you, Spider-Man. Chapter 9, Quaid is basically like, look, we are going to talk about this. We're going to figure this out. Spider-Man, I need you to know I worked with the guy before you. You are obviously trying to do some good. Are you going to be a problem? And Miles is like, no, like I, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to help. He's like, also, how old are you? Because the first Spider-Man was a child. You are obviously a child. Yeah. <laughs> and I love Miles. Just goes, oh, I'm not a kid. I'm Spider-Man. <laughs> like, yeah, sure. He just goes, go home. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah, I just I really like this uh, this interaction between the two of them before Miles flips out and runs away. And then we get this great little moment where the ringer tries to run away. And he gets tased. It's the ringer is ultimate Spider-Man's Charlie Brown. It was formerly the shocker. Yeah, it's now it's the ringer. Now it's the ringer. Yeah, and I love that switch over. That's nice. I kind of miss the shocker, though. We haven't seen him in a while. Yeah, but he's serious now. He's serious now. So he's going to be a serious threat when he returns. He's hard. He's hard. He's hard. He's He's done some time. He made it. He's made. He's a made man. He's fucking thick, bro. What? (laughs) Welcome back to Below the Belt with uh, Malcolm Russell Nelson. It's been a while. Podcast been a podcast where uh, Malcolm is thirsty about literally anyone at any time. Yeah. Speaking of thirsty, let's talk about freaking the way Marquez draws uh, Aaron in this goddamn suit. Jesus mm. Christ. Yeah. Mm, nice Him just, he's packing dick, dude. Holy <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, he gets back to uh, the Tinker's hideout, which he's been using. And I think it's really fun. You see some stuff uh, in the background. You see literally the 616, um, what's his name? The whirlwind whirlwind, whirlwind. You see the yes. whirlwind mm-hmm. armor which is really cool mm-hmm. uh but the scorpions they're waiting for him he's like i am gonna kill you and uh that is just what's gonna happen why, to... is, why is why is obama <laughs> the scorpion all of a uh, sudden i'm uh i'm uh, kill america you. now listen tinker was good <laughs> i noticed that you killed him now i'm going to kill you and then I'm going to take over uh, this city. And that's just the way it's going to be. 
and then he kicks that door open. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Mr. Former President. Uh, You're welcome. God bless you. Sasha Malia. <laughs> so Obama fights Lakeith Stanfield in this uh, in this warehouse. Honestly, I'm here for it. That sounds honestly fucking awesome. that'd be dope as hell. It sounds fucking awesome. Um, the two brawl, but uh, Aaron is able to get away with these vulture wings. I loved this shit. This shit is so fucking. Scorpion cool. knocks so cool. Aaron back into this pile of loot, and Aaron just rises up with the vulture wings. Baby, I ain't looking at you. I'm looking past you. Fucking cool. Oh, he's dope <laughs> he's as hell. So I hate insane. him, but he's dope as hell. He's so cool. And again, Lakeith Stanfield sex. would crush that line. Yeah. yeah. He's so fucking awesome, man. He shoots out the uh, the talons from the... Uh, he, he basically does the Archangel razor blades yeah. uh, from the wings. Yes. Kills Scorpion's entire crew, but ends up just making Scorpion mad. I don't know what this guy is on. But they yeah. cannot put him down. Yeah, it's weird. Even after two full rounds of uh, razor feathers, yeah, uh, <laughs> Aaron realizes, okay, I gotta go because this guy is not messing around. So he blasts out of there, leaves, and I also like that we see genuine fear from Aaron at the end of the scene when he's running away. Yeah. Like he's terrified of this. Yeah. Sport. He's yeah. like, I'm in deep shit. I, and he fucking found me in, in back to New York. Like, you yeah. know, it's like, time. Jesus, it's I gave him everything I had and I can't kill him. Jesus yep. Christ. <laughs> Miles, Miles, I need you. Miles. <laughs> Please. So, so, so now it's Obama versus Doc Brown. <laughs> oh, oh, I gotta get out of there. Oh, I give him everything. Miles, we gotta go back. Oh, Miles, oh, I gotta. I need your help. It's a bunch of kids, Miles. Miles. Your kids. <laughs> He's like, what? I'm 12, man. <laughs> I know this is heavy. It's <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, we get this fun little scene where the uh, the coach the. D- director of security? Yeah, he's just uh, one of the teachers or something. One of the guys. I was I was gonna say like one of those uh house they were they were like attendance. dorm horn dorm attendants, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I just want to know why he's wearing a hat indoors at night. Because it's just cool. His Is head he... gets cold. I you know what? That's fine. A uh, we see this fun little uh little scene where he goes to find uh to do bed checks. Miles isn't there. Uh, he searches around, comes back. Miles is there, and uh, Judge again is just like, "Okay, you guys got to stop lying to me. Like, I'm okay lying for you, but I need to know what's going on." And they will not cut him in. They should just tell him. They, yeah, he he has really given no them a not. reason. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, I, this is them just being dicks. This has always kind of bothered me. Yeah, yeah, understand. And so uh, we also get to see that uh, not only does Miles have uh, Genki as Genki the Awesome, Genki has Miles as Sir Miles. Mm-hmm. I think that's really fun. Sir Miles. And so uh, <laughs> Miles gets a text from Aaron, and he knows that he is going to have to deal with this. Chapter 10, uh, Miles goes to meet with Aaron, and the two of them uh, have a little uh, tete-a-tete. Where Aaron's like, look, you're going to help me, or I am going to tell your dad. So help me God. And it is going to be a problem for everyone. 
And so he's blackmailing Miles. Mm -hmm. Like a scumbag. Blackmailing mm -hmm. a 10-year-old. Mm -hmm. Ugh, it's 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 unsavory. But and then uh, goes to whoop his ass. Whoops his ass. Yeah. Uh though Miles does get the upper hand again with the Venom Blast. Love the Venom Blast. Really, really dig it. I also kind of love the delay on it. Yeah, Same. me too. Which is something we don't see nowadays with Miles. You never see that with powers. Yeah. No, you never see it with his stuff, but you never see it with powers in general. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So he basically Aaron uses his silver tongue to let Miles know, like, hey, look, there's a bad guy. We can go deal with this. You're gonna be helping me, and you're gonna be helping the city. Or I could just go tell your dad that you're a mutant and he will kick you out and hate you forever. What's it going to be? Mm -hmm. And so he leaves to let Miles think about it. Miles isn't sure what to do. Uh, he thinks about going to Nick Fury, but then he sees that uh, the Ultimates are off to go battle the Maker. Uh, spoilers for uh, yep. Nickman's Ultimates that's going on right now. Oh, yeah. Yep. Because this is... God, uh, I love that Thor design. I love it's that redesign. So yeah. good. It's so good. Because as good as the ultimate Thor design is in general, once he has that costume and the reasons and shit, and like it, ponytail, it's, way, mm -hmm. it's way cool. And like the shoulder pads. Yeah. Like, it's so cool. And they gave him it's back so the hammer. Cool. They gave him back they, the big they, old they war have hammer. To, yeah. Because one day, we'll for those of you that. who don't know, we didn't. Uh, there's a time where the Ultimates decided, oh yeah, it's the Avengers. We gotta we gotta make Thor look exactly like Chris Hemsworth. And they gave him yep. the 616 Mjolnir, and it sucked. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because the ultimate Mjolnir is a hundred times better. Just is. It's way cool. It's yeah. so sick. It's just better. It's the be it's it's the war Mjolnir. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Uh, the next war day. Thor! Oh, the War Thor! Never forget. Never forget, Never forget the War Thor. One of my favorite things. So good. good I still, anytime that I hear uh, Separate Ways by Journey, like, it's War Thor. Like it. It's War Thor o'clock. War Thor o'clock. Here we stand. Worlds apart, hearts broken in two. And we're canceled because uh, so the copyrights got us. Yeah. We used 21 seconds, which is just one Damn second it. too long. Damn it. Uh, we see that this is weighing heavily on Miles. He's not able to interact with Genki. Uh, he goes to have dinner with uh, his parents, and they don't know how to uh, how to interact with him. He's dealing with stuff. Um, we see uh, Miles doing some uh, research on Scorpion. I love the just the audacity of just tattooing your criminal alienist on your neck. Yeah, that's sick as hell, dude. He's just like, <laughs> oh no, I'm cool. the Scorpion across. That's the, like if the I'm Penguin. The Decided, I'm going to tattoo penguin across my neck. That is hard. Yeah, that is hard that's, I respect that's it. sick. Yeah, yeah, that's sick. I Batman mean, too. It's it's like if you know the Joker had like damage tattooed on his forehead, so you know that he's you know damaged goods. That way, you know he's twisted. You're right. You're right. Pete character design for the Scorpion. You know, it's any, pretty sick, Jason. It's pretty sick, bro. <laughs> 
And as uh, as Miles, I can't tell if you guys are serious or not. I'm like so past. I can't tell anymore. Bro, it's sick, bro. Okay. Sick isn't bad. I, I don't know. Chapter Come eleven. Uh, we pick up five years ago with a flashback, where we see uh, Miles watching some kung fu movie with his uncle Aaron, and this kind of seems to have kicked off the whole uh, Miles going to see Aaron without his parents knowing. Uh, uh, he's watching Drunken Master too. Specifically, you know this for a fact because he asks if there's a Drunken Master three. Agree. Yeah. You're right. You're right. To which That's on me. Aaron does give the correct answer. There's something better. It's called Rumble in the Bronx. It's Rumble in the Bronx. Fucking rocks. If that's a real movie, I need to watch that immediately. Have you not? Yeah, watch Rumble in the Bronx. Yeah. I'm going to go watch Rumble in the Bronx after this. Yeah, sick, bro. Hell yeah. We cut to today where uh, Miles is meeting up with Davis. I, as, as much praise as we were heaping on this Prowler look, I hate that trench coat, man. Oh, right. Oh, I love oh, the trench coat. I, don't like I, I like thought you were going to say it's even better now. Uh, I don't like yeah. the trench coat. Oh, the trench coat is sick. That's, dude. that's like funny. It. It's, it's too it's too Spider-Man Noir for me. Okay. I mm. I, I would I would prefer the uh, the spiked spawn cape that he has. That's in, right. Uh, into the spider. I love. Yeah, that fucking the, design. I, love I it. like the trench coat more because the spiked spawn cape is a spiked spawn cape. <laughs> What's wrong with spiked spawn cape, Malcolm? It's a spawn cake. What's wrong with spawn capes? It's spawn. It's, still, it's spawn. Wrong with spawn. Yeah, it's spawn. it's spawn. That's why. Yeah, it's because it's spawn. Yeah. You're both Nobody terrible. wants that. You're both terrible. So, <laughs> uh. Miles and uh, Aaron have tracked the Scorpion to this location where uh, Scorpion has decided, I'm not just here to kill uh, Aaron Davis. I am now going to be the new Kingpin. And he's negotiating with a local gang. Aaron busts in, knocks out some people. Miles busts in. And ladies and gentlemen, we got ourselves a ballroom blitz. Hell yeah. It's a team up, baby. Love seeing it. And so uh, we see at one point... Scorpion just starts whooping on Miles, just absolutely bodying the small child. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of fucked up. He it's punched him right in the face, and Miles like, "Oh God, I've never actually been punched in the face." Oh, he's like, "This sucks. I don't want to do that again." <laughs> I love how dizzy he gets, and he falls back, going, "Whoa, yeah. boy!" Yeah. Little wobble Ooh. lines. Yeah, uh, I love, and you notice it specifically in that panel, or at least that's where I first noticed it. How round Marquez does his face. Yes, yeah. I love it. Because our bobblehead boy. boy is back. He's the bobblehead boy. Mm-hmm. Like, he's, he's just a baby boy. He's, he's our he's bouncing bobblehead back. baby boy. Yeah. <laughs> the quadruple B, if you will. Bouncing bobblehead baby boy. Bouncing bobblehead baby boy. What? What is that? What Hero in a half shell. That's it. Okay, oh. thank you. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I know yeah. that melody. Yeah. What is that from? Yeah. What is that from? Spider in a black suit. Spider power. Spider power. Oh, yeah. hell yeah. Spidey powder. Uh, we are going to get with someone as, to be a composer, and we are going to make that theme song. Hell yeah. If you know any composers, hit us up. Um, I'll you... shoot my friend Michael Giacchino a message. That's right. That's right. You know Mike. Yeah. That's right. Good okay. We'll figure that out. Oh, Mike. Just uh, Jackie Mike. We're... <laughs> so... Uh, Aaron is able to put uh, Scorpion down for a moment with a taser to the face. Just uh, sick. They I'm take out the bro. rest of the game. 
And uh, <laughs> as Miles is about to leave, Scorpio gets right back up and slams this boy. Slams his face to the floor. Uh, Miles uses his camouflage to uh, get a solid kick in on the Scorpion. Scorpion escapes into the street. Um, Miles gives chase, gives him that nice old Venom Blast, and leaves him in the street. Again, just the key art, the iconic pose of Miles just standing in the street as the cop cars pull up. Mm. Yeah, great panel. Yeah. Very good. Dave Marquez does that specific pose so well with Miles. We get That's that like two or three more times in this run yeah yes and it's it's iconic that's when the music swells and you're like oh hell yeah Yeah, you know what that's a better miles theme than a peter theme i really i've been listening actually to the no way home like soundtracks for that like all the peter parker stuff with sam rammy danny elfman stuff and then now that we've transitioned Mm -hmm. to miles it was like "Eh, you know what let me just play the no way home stuff and see if that works and i was like oh this works way too good yeah it works pretty well yeah it's it's almost like they took everything about miles and just made it peter reskinned it as peter yeah, you know why? Why is that? The black man can't have anything. So Miles escapes. Um, Aaron has abandoned him as well. Uh, Scorpion is taken in, and we find out this Scorpion's last name is Gargan. Yes, he is the official Scorpion. Yes, mm-hmm. which it's is really so cool. Really, really cool. It's so good. Uh, Miles gets back to uh, his dorm and gets a text from Uncle Aaron. Aaron's like, look, we're just getting started. Miles is like, no. He says, okay, cool. I'm going to go tell your dad then. He is blackmailing this poor child. Again, despicable. So so rubble. Uh, And then the final scene. (laughs) We see the Parker household is still up for sale, except... It's just recently been rebought. Aunt May and Gwen Stacy are back. And Aunt May is calling Tony Stark saying, I want to meet this new Spider-Man. Ooh, that is not going to be a fun conversation for Miles. Or is it? I guess we'll find out. Chapter 12 rounded this whole thing out. Um, We see uh, Aaron is... Again, uh, tr- still trying to blackmail Miles. This is affecting Miles deeply. Aaron loves using his vulture wings. Yep. <laughs> and I, I would too, honestly. Loves using them. Honestly, if I had those, I'd use them too. He loves popping them out of shit. Like, <laughs> I love he's wearing the trench coat just so he could pop the wings out. Yes. <laughs> And that's the best use of that trench coat. So we okay. cut back to uh, Brooklyn Visions Academy. Got him. Uh, Miles has decided to tell Genki, look, I'm going to go tell my parents. Like, I don't want him holding this over me. I don't want him putting my family in danger. I'm going to go tell them I'm Spider-Man. And notedly, there is this girl watching them. I don't know if this is going to come into play at any point, but there's this girl with dyed hair and glasses who's watching them. And they center her in the frame twice which yes. I don't think makes that a coincidence. But we will just have to see. Uh, I guess we'll find out. 
I don't I like that. I hate when you I, do this. I, I hate that too. Now, I now I'm starting to get it, Eric. I'm See, to get it. And I've been saying this I, yeah, for over a year. Yeah, I didn't like. I didn't like that moment, and I was just like, we have to find out what this moment is. Is this going to we'll, be a thing? I guess we'll find out. God damn it! So, <laughs> so Miles is. It could just be that girls are just noticing Miles now. He's got that swagger. He's got Stop. that confidence. He's got that. He's swagger. got that exaggerated over. swagger of a. Uh, of a 12 year old yeah yeah <laughs> he doesn't have to go over and lay the hand down and be like hey <laughs> yeah, do so miles is going home and aaron is waiting for him because he knew he was going to do this because aaron's a scumbag um a wonderful scumbag but a scumbag uh and aaron basically says look like let's go in there let's go tell your dad everything and miles is like look okay i'm in i'll help you and Aaron threatens him too. He's like, look, you leave me hanging again, someone's gonna get hurt. And then he leaves. Miles goes inside and has this really nice embrace with Rio. Um, and I can't, I think it's in that moment that he's hugging her and you see the look of concern on his face. I think that's when he's he decides he's gonna fight Aaron. Mm-hmm. Like that's the moment. Yeah. We cut to that night and Miles basically tells him, look, you're going to leave town. We're done. Or I'm going to, so help me God, I'm going to kick your ass. And Aaron's like, okay, cool. And hits him with the shocker gauntlets. Big boy words. Now you're going to get a big boy response. Again, Lakeith Stanfield fucking would crush that line. And so, uh, Aaron Davis hits him with the prout with the uh, shocker gauntlets. That was a welcome surprise. Yeah, fucking cool. Love seeing that, that shit. He's got the tinkerer's toy chest. He does. It's true. So, uh, so <laughs> the two of them engage in battle, um, and we see very specifically at one point uh, the right gauntlet gets a little scuffed up. We see uh-huh. the wires going a little haywire up in there. <laughs> Remember that. That's a tool we'll save for later. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fight continues. At one point, uh, this fight Miles, is gorgeous. By the way, so yeah. good. God, I love damn. the colors. Is so good. The action For, uh, and the lighting in yeah. this is very much yeah. very poignant. Like the sh- the lighting and the shadows um, of like the lights from the 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 what do you call it from the the the, the buildings and uh-huh. the and the cars, the headlights, like it yeah. is. And then the little bit definitive. of light you get from like the gauntlet sparking up. Yes. Like, even that just provides just a little bit of light. Like, yeah, the Justin Ponser colors on this are incredible. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, fucking Dave Marquez art is so good. Like they sing together. For, for more uh I don't I don't know if it is Ponser on colors, but for more David Marquez doing some amazing fight choreography, read his defenders run. Which oh. is so fucking good. Specifically, there is a panel, and I'm sure Michael knows this, with Iron Fist. That is one of the most gorgeous Iron Fist images I've ever seen in my life. Don't worry, he gets his back broken. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. I'm gonna drive back to Tucson just to fight you again. <laughs> Malcolm saw what I did to Reyes. It's true, guys. <laughs> guys, I hate to, I hate to say, but uh, Reyes does not exist anymore. <laughs> All I'm gonna say, a haiku. Reyes had big boy words, and he, he got a big, big boy response. response. <laughs> 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 
so the battle continues uh, down into the streets below, which was really fun. Um, and Aaron yeah. does not care for collateral damage, and he busts up this boss. Yeah, get it. Uh, Miles jumps down to save the civilians there. Aaron, continues. I love that. Yeah, I yeah. love that. He immediately goes into saving people mode. It it calls back to that thing we were talking about in uh, in Thor, where yes. Thor stops his battle to go save a planet. Mm-hmm. on a yeah. much smaller and more intimate scale mm-hmm. yeah. i i love that because that is what spider-man should be it's what superheroes should be it's what superheroes should be in general but and i mean i i love there's very specific superheroes that that always is their thing yeah it's superman it's captain america and it's miles morales spider-man hell yeah that's fucking awesome and i love the scene of him just like reaching in he's like i got you is everyone okay yeah. like he's like that is his focus yeah that's so cool. that's cool as hell and so uh, Aaron runs up on him. Miles continues to fight him. Uh, but uh, Aaron is getting in some good hits as well. Miles hits him with a Venom Blast. And the delay makes this a very interesting moment. Uh-huh. Because there's a couple of ways that this can be interpreted, I think. I think there's really only one way that it's interpreted. Let's talk about that because Aaron goes for a killing blow with the right gauntlet that we saw uh, scuffed up earlier, exposing the wires, and it explodes, engulfing Aaron and sending Miles flying. Now, I personally think the Venom Blast had nothing to do with it. I think the gauntlet was already on the fritz. He tried to use it and exploded on him. And the Venom Blast just happened to pack a bigger boom into the explosion. Yeah. But obviously, yeah. we disagree. No, I. that's 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 it. Yes. Okay. I think that it was both of them, because the Venom Blast goes off on a delay, it was both things at the same time. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't think that, because I think this could be very easily read that the gauntlet was fine, Miles hit the Venom Blast. The Venom Blast caused the explosion. I don't think that's what happened. But the important thing here is that it causes that same ambiguity that we had with Ultimate Peter. Absolutely. 100%. In his involvement in his uncle's death. So Miles, last week we talked about the Uncle, the uncle Ben aspect. Yeah. yeah. And I was sitting on this because I was like, oh, next week you're going to see the Uncle Ben thing. This is his Uncle Ben moment. That's yeah. Uh, that's right. I remember you mentioning that now. So Miles is flung back. He goes to uh, check on Aaron. And I kind of love that we don't see Aaron's body. We only see a close up on his face. And you can tell he is burnt to a crisp. Uh, and he gives these haunting words. Unlike Uncle Ben and his words of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Uncle Aaron's last words are, how about that? You are just like me. And then he dies. And that's the end of the volume. Great end for a volume, right? Holy Holy shit. shit. My God, this was incredible. What an ending. And what a volume, honestly. Like this was, even though I think last volume was a very succinct story that told Miles' origin and very easily could be one of the best you know, superhero origin movies. If it was, you know, directly translated, mm-hmm. this took. This everything. is the Spider-Man two. 
yeah, this took everything and elevated it. Yeah. This is incredible. So um, final thoughts on this volume. And uh, do you have a favorite part? We'll go to Jacob first. Oh, man. All right. So this is this was great. Uh, not to cap off with like great artists and everything like that that we've mentioned and everything. Um, I really have to say that like I was listening to Spider-Man Homecoming soundtrack matching a lot of the action of this this volume. A lot of the Vulture theme was matching like Scorpion and the Prowler uh, at times uh, uh, that it was that I was reading it. Um, check it out, guys, because it's fantastic. This is my newest favorite no volume so far now uh, because of just artwork yeah. and story. It's so good. The only problem I have with it is I do not like the Aunt May inter interjections of this. I was going to talk about that. Yeah, go ahead. Give, give your thoughts on that. And, it, and, the re and the reason I feel that way is a lot like if, if any of you listeners have watched Glee, You'll remember that the here's a spoiler that happens. It's the main cast basically graduates high school and they move on and they go to their careers and do whatever they want. <clears throat> See, that's fine. I would have loved it. And then, but for some reason, they keep continually going back to that class and not focusing on the new class that comes into the Glee class like a Degrassi kind of situation. That's yeah. what I was hoping yeah. that it would be a Degrassi situation with that show. And that, it, and that the old, the old class would never be shown again. We would just continue moving on to the new class that comes in because that's how school works. That's what it is with this. I felt kind of the same thing because of just like, well, Aunt May and Gwen got their happy ending. They're, they're in, they're in Paris now. They, what more do they need? They don't need to come back to New York. She doesn't need to talk to Spider-Man, even though I, I, even though I kind of feel for her in the fact that <clears throat> she feels responsible uh, for for Spider-Man, like coming back a little bit. But at the same time, do we really need to have Peter's family interject into this this new Spider-Man's life now, especially right now? That's just that's just me. It's, that's fair. That's, that's, that's fair. That's how that's I feel. That's very fair. I I I totally get that. I. I don't know if it's because I have a little bit of foresight or it, or I guess foreknowledge really or what, but I, I, I think, I think because of the nature of how Spider-Man's death was treated uh, as far as it being on a global scale thing and how a new Spider-Man showing up would also be treated on a global scale thing. Right. I, I, I think it makes sense for them. I, I think like their interjection makes complete sense and they're wanting to have some kind of involvement makes sense as well. As far as like, it's, okay, we need to have an answer here because this, I thought that we had closure and there's right. not closure. Somebody, I, it, I, it's I in poor taste is what they're trying yeah. to answer basically. It, yes. That, that's, that's exactly. At the same time, I don't, I hope it doesn't become a situation where it's like, we just exchanged Peter for Miles, and it's going to be all of Peter's supporting cast. Because mm, yeah. I, because that's what I don't want. Because like, like mm, Jacob like said, six, I just, six miles stuff. That's what you said. Yes, one hundred percent. I want him to have his own like, and I love the supporting cast that they've built for him. Judge mm -hmm. Genki, his parents, like whatever glasses dyed hair girl ends up being. Like I. I want him to feel like he's his own character and having his own stories. 
And so I also did love the ending that Ant-Man Gwen Stacy got. I am 100% down for more Gwen Stacy at all times in every story. However, I am worried about it. And I hope it doesn't become a huge part of his run. Yeah. So that was like my main concern was just that. Uh, uh, Other than that, I love the Scorpion. This interpretation of the Scorpion is fantastic. I fucking love this and was hoping for more of this, please. Um, uh, Yeah. uh, uh, Aaron Davis is the Prowler is like, is more menacing than like what was brought on. And again, all of my knowledge is from Into the Spider-Verse. And I saw that once. (laughs) I've yet to see it like more than one time. And so really? reading wow. this, yes, yeah, I know. I feel very bad, but um, but at the same time, I'm kind of glad I'm not because I love getting this fresh take on on on, on Miles right now. So yeah. like it's it's great yeah, to that's see a like, better choice. Yeah, I really do. <laughs> when we're all done with this, I'll probably actually finally watch the movie again. But um, yeah, yeah. Uh, readers, this is all. It's all about the second volume here. Um, it's great. It's fantastic. Um, it really sets up the Spider-Man part of of miles the responsibility the the great power with responsibility comes out nice malcolm i love this volume i think it's i think it's a great raising of the stakes like i said you know this is the spider-man 2 of it all uh it's it's a great raising of the stakes it's a great setting of the table uh where things go from here who knows but it's it's fantastic man I, i i love i love this volume uh favorite moment Man, I fucking love Jefferson. Or not Jefferson, uh, Aaron. I always go to call him Jefferson because that's more of a menacing name in my head. Uh, (laughs) I I love Aaron Davis. Aaron Davis is the fucking coolest. He's such a great (laughs) Like, he's he's such a great antagonist. God, that's... uh, That's a role that we... I wish I that that's that's a role I would want. You know what I mean? For if sure. I'm ever gonna if I'm ever gonna act like I want something meaty like that, that's sick. That guy's got layers, but he's also yeah. the coolest dick yes. ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I absolutely agree. I think this this volume, I don't want to say it's like an improvement over last volume because last volume was really good, but I would say this is it's a leveling up. Yeah, it's a level up for sure. Um, I love the ambiguity of that ending scene um that is i think rightfully going to mess miles up for a good long while and i'm excited to see the ramifications of that um i like that miles is now he's out there he is a spider-man and people know about it so we are going to see him get involved more in the universe now that he's had two volumes to kind of establish himself um favorite moment i think honestly like it was literally all of the like Aaron Davis escaping from Scorpion shit, like the fucking the use of the vulture wings, the the shocker gauntlets. Like it was very cool, and I enjoy yeah. uh, I enjoy that kind of thing where it's like there's continuity, there is you know th- this is a shared universe for a reason. So I really dug it. I'm excited. Uh, it's only going to get crazier from here, from what I understand. So uh, before we get into next week. Uh, we got some emails, which means, uh, Malcolm, what time is it? <laughs> big boy emails means we're going to get a big boy response. It's the mail time. Mail time. If you want to be part of the Geek Explained Book Club mailbag, send your emails to geeksplained at gmail.com. Put ultimate mailbag in the subject header, and we will read it here on the show. First off, our first email comes from Bry. 
who's written it a few times. Right. Um, I'm going to apologize because reading this, uh, it's basically, it is going to be a question for me. Um, he writes, hi, y'all. Congratulations on reaching Miles Morales' era of Spider-Man. First question. Seeing as how Eric is a huge fan of Yu Yu Hakusho, he's speaking my language, have you read the author's other prominent work, Hunter Hunter? If so, what's your thoughts on the Hunter Hunter series? I will let you know I am uh, I am a novice in the Hunter Hunter series. I've made it through the licensing exam, and that's very early days with Hunter Hunter. So I know there's a lot more following that, um, but it's interesting. I think it's it's definitely different from Yu Yu Show, but I'm willing to give it a shot. Uh, it's going to take some time because I've got a lot of comics to read, but I am um, excited to dig further into it. I uh, also write, second question, can you rank the arcs of Yu Yu Hakusho in a ranking tier list of least to great? I feel like you're the guy who has Dark Tournament on peak, but I'll be surprised if you put Chapter Black on top. It is very tough between Dark Tournament and Chapter Black. Um, luckily, there's only four main arcs so it's not that hard to do uh last place three kings arc last arc of the series it fuck it sucks there's no stakes uh the ending is just super rushed um not a huge fan uh in third place it's tough because i love the spirit detective arc it's the first arc in the series and it is very uh if you're a fan of jojo's bizarre adventure it's just jojo's part four uh, which is why i love jojo's part four so much uh but i'd probably put spirit detective there I will put Chapter Black in number two just because I feel like they could have stretched it out and Sensui is a really interesting character that I wish we got more time with. And of course, Dark Tournament, the goat. Chapter Black. Chapter what? Uh, So number one is Dark Tournament. Obviously, it's the goat. It's the greatest tournament arc of all time. Um, If you haven't experienced Yu Yu Hakusho, it is peak Yu Yu Hakusho. I uh, also asked side question if there were to be a Yu Hakusho revival, who would you voice? I feel like Yusuke is your boy. Yusuke is a dream role. I would love to voice Yusuke. Um, sadly, I don't think they're going to do that because Netflix is doing their live action adaptation, but yeah. you never know. They did a Shaman King reboot recently, which would be fun. So uh, I'll, I'll keep I my fingers crossed for it. I need to too because there are some really good actors that I follow who uh, are crushing it out there. That's sick. Next email comes from Adam Stringfellow. Good brother, Adam. Adam. Uh, he writes, hey team. Hope y'all are off to a good week so far. I am just neck deep in work and... Wait. I think I read this one last week. Hold on a second. Oh. oh. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> I thought this was going to take a real turn right now. Yeah, I thought it was going to get real bad. I was at a really interesting place. <laughs> yeah, you did. We were like, wait, what? I'm neck deep in... Neck Wait, deep in what? Ho- Neck deep in what? Huh? Finish that sentence. Finish huh? that sentence. Finish it. Uh, Finish it. it. <laughs> Stupid. From evil. Uh, okay, here we go. Here it is. Found it. Found it. Found it. All right. So Adam writes, "Hey team, hope you all are having a good week so far. With Halloween fast approaching us, I wanted to ask y'all this." Who do you think is a scary villain from the rogues gallery of your favorite heroes? For mine, I'll pick one from each rogue category from uh, Superman, Batman, and Spider-Man. So for simplicity's sake, we'll stick with those three. Batman, each Superman. of us okay. come off. Spider-Man? Batman, Superman, Superman Spider-Man. Batman, Spider-Man. Okay. He writes, for Superman, Lex Luthor. We are all aware of how scary and detrimental an evil white billionaire can be by gaining the public's trust and making their way into positions of power, especially into the Oval Office. Luthor is scary not just with how evil he is or how much he hates Superman, but the fact that nine times out of ten, he can get away with most of his crimes. For Batman, Clayface. I really hate that DC uses Clayface as just a monster robbing banks for the Bat family to defeat in a matter of minutes. 
Shapeshifters are terrifying. Just look at Mystique or the movie The Thing. And the fact that Clayface is a shapeshifter who used to be a world-class actor who can apparently make people of himself as established in B-Task growing pains that he can send out into the world and no one realizing it. Clayface should essentially be a Justice League level threat at that point. Spider-Man, Craven the Hunter. There's something very, very disturbing about and unsettling about the way Craven views Spidey as a trophy to win. He doesn't see Spidey as a human being, doesn't even care if he has a secret identity. He just views him as an animal to hunt and kill for sport. I think Craven is the scariest villain in Peter's rogues gallery. Sure, Green Goblin, Doc Ock, and Venom are up there in the fear factor, but that's a fear that comes with Peter's family and friends. The scary thing about them is that they can attack the people Peter lives at any moment just to torture him. Craven doesn't care about that, and especially with stories like Craven's Last Hunt, I think that Craven is the only villain that makes Peter fear for not the lives of others, but his own life. Would love to hear y'all's opinion on this in the month of everything scary and sinister. Take care, and I'll talk to y'all soon. All the best and much more, Adam. Uh, P.S. I don't know why Marvel has never done this, but I'd love to either see or write a story between Spider-Man and Craven based off Richard Cornell's The Most Dangerous Game. Have Craven ah. drug and kidnap Spider-Man and drop him in a private island that Craven owns with no web shooters, and Craven hunting him through the jungle with Spider-Man as prey and grappling with the possibility of killing this man in order to survive. And to bump up the fear factor in the scenario, make it a 13-year-old Miles just learning the ropes of Spider-Man. First off, I love that, but we love also did kind of get that a little bit with the Ultimate Deadpool story arc. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, we did do say. that. We did do that. And if you like that, check out the Ultimate X-Men story arc that precedes that, where they first get dropped onto Krakoa, because it's very much just the most dangerous game. It's yeah. literally called the most dangerous game. <laughs> I would awesome. love to see Miles versus Craven. I don't think we get enough of that, because that would be really Yeah, yeah we haven't gotten enough of that. And it would kind of speak to... Uh, the way that Craven, like you mentioned, how he dehumanizes Spider-Man. Yeah. There's layers. There's lots of layers there. That yeah, I, think I like what really you said there. I like that a lot. Um, so for me, uh, picking out these three for Superman, I'm a Parasite guy. Parasite is terrifying. Ooh. Uh, that character Ooh, can nice. be incredibly unsettling. Uh, what about you guys for Superman? Uh, for me, it's, uh, it's going to be a weird one, but I... I think he's very terrifying. He's uh, so Mr. Cool. Mixia Spitlick, because uh, yes. the fact that, that he is terrifying. That it 100%. is this yeah. being from another dimension that can make things happen. And also, like uh, uh, Grant Morrison's uh, like Action Comics New 52, yeah. the first three volumes of that yep. was very frightening in the sense for me of just like, oh my God, I didn't know yeah. that this character could be. Like, how this, powerful that character how is. How powerful he could yeah. be. You know, yeah. if, if he's in a bad mood, he can well fuck up your day. Uh, that's for me. Yeah. Uh, for Superman, for me, it's a character that I, I think should always be portrayed as a horror character and rarely is. There's been one book that I've seen this character be portrayed as a horror character. It's a brainiac. Oh, well, yeah. Nice. I think brainiac yeah. makes yeah. total sense as a horror character because he's, he's Lex Luthor without emotion at all. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, yep. he's just pure. Like I am just the science. Uh, I am just the fact that I'm just the numbers of it. And that's, yeah. that's scary. Like, it's like, it's like a combination. Very terrifying. It's, you just made me think it's like a combination of like, of like alien and uh, 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 the Terminator put together. Yes. Basically. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's just, he's like the Terminator. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a really good way to put it. It's alien and the Terminator. It's like yeah. if a Terminator was a mad scientist. Yes. You know, like Absolutely. that's awful. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm gonna say Brainiac. That's a great, good pick. Great. Uh, for Batman, um, this again might be a little off the beaten path, but um, it's for me, it's a tie between uh, Bane and Flamingo. 
I think Flamingo <laughs> is terrifying. Flamingo is terrifying. That's a oh good pick. Um, yeah, Flamingo is pretty scary. And it's it's my bias because uh, it's my favorite era of Batman. But like Flamingo is a character that is just, he's a force of nature. And it's like he only gets scarier the more time you spend with him. And I, I remember distinctly having a very vivid Flamingo nightmare when that comic was coming out. <laughs> and it was terrifying. So yeah. uh, that's that's me for Batman. What about you guys? Uh, uh, I really liked what he said is like with Clayface because I thought so too. Clayface would yeah. be an incredibly terrifying character. Is just finding out this guy that can like shape shift into anything and also being an actor, you know, very, very well, like charismatically enough to know, like to, to, to know how to play the character, to play the, whoever he's impersonating, if he yeah. has a chance, um, it, it was either that or, uh, um, uh, god what was he was so scary uh uh the mad hatter uh yeah let's Mm. let's be real let's be real he's a pedophile and yeah he's a chomo yeah he's a a child molester and that's 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 the to do to do mad hatter the right way he's just a man obsessed with like children's books and like i just yeah it's it's creepy i don't like him i yeah it scared me yes malcolm um mine is a weird one it's a character that i i don't know he he's not even like a batman villain but it's the only thing that really came to mind it's a character that i really love that i think for a context of a batman should be treated as a scarier kind of concept and that's vigilante so i love vigilante is one of my favorite dc characters um Ooh, nice i love pick. that character but i think for batman i think cut. he he's a good he would be the punisher for batman my, yes. my one of my favorite things about the punisher and daredevil is that you know that argument of like if you have one more bad day like you, you're one minute away from being me right you know if you if you if one more bad thing happens to daredevil he's just going to turn into the punisher yeah. and that's what vigilante would be for batman that's what vigilante yeah. for the bat family in general yeah. uh, i i love vigilante he's i've always had a vigilante pitch uh because i love that fucking character so much um and i love the threat of that character i love just the relentless nature of that character and how how scary that would be to this other you know to the other people like in the bat family or the other vigilantes in dc right Um, yeah i i think vigilante is kind of a scary idea hell yeah this completely faceless entity Mm -hmm. yeah Mm-hmm. Also, if you're a fan of uh, Batman villains right now, the uh, One Bad Day series has been bonkers good. Bro, I can't wait for that Catwoman one. I'm not even a Catwoman person, but freaking Jamie McKelvey and Jewel Wilson doing Catwoman is going to fucking rip, bro. Uh, this week's <laughs> Penguin was phenomenal. Yeah. It was yeah. so, so good. Written by Mariko Tamaki, uh, art by um, yeah. uh, Jan Domenico. Yeah, 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 I think so. Uh, yeah. So good. So Sick, good. Sick. Bro. Um and then lastly, Spider-Man. I think everyone knows what my answer is. It's Ultimate Carnage because I still <laughs> cannot <laughs> shake it. I for the life of me, I will never be the same. Uh Jacob. Uh uh I, I really have to be, it's really a tie between either the Green Goblin because of just how personal he can get with Spider-Man right. and Peter Parkour, Peter Parker, Peter Parkour, and, uh, Parkour, yeah. and, uh, and parkour, parkour. also Hobgoblin, 
Hobgoblin is the other yeah. effect. It's just he can be pretty hardcore in the sense of like nobody no when when they never revealed who Hobgoblin was, it was really scary because he kept popping up and it was mm-hmm. it was like very Joker esque because nobody knew who he was. Uh, no, uh, nobody knew how to stop him, uh, yeah. and, and and it was always in the midst of something that it was happening that like Hobgoblin would get away, and Spider-Man was just left with the pieces to like to pick up and everything like that. I just found that terrifying because every time he kept revealing who it is, it was be a friend of his, like it was like Ned Leeds or like Jason Mackendale and all these t- and all these people, and it's just like who the fuck is this? And it was just so uh, an unnerving. I think yeah. is what it's, it's more horror story with yeah. Hobgoblin than it is than uh, the personal vendetta that Green Goblin brings, you know? 100%. Jacob, read the current Amazing Spider-Man story arc. Yes. They just started the new story arc featuring the Hobgoblin. Hobgobbo <laughs> is back, baby! And it's and it's straight up them doing that shell game again of like, I have no idea who the Hobgoblin is. Yeah. Oh, that's so good! Yeah. Fucking awesome. And they, they have like, they brought in Ned Leeds and Roderick Kingsley like into the main story already. That's and awesome. it's it's a total shell game. I can't wait. I love it. It's awesome. Oh, this run of Spider-Man rules! It's been right. so good! Right, that Judgment you, Day issue? You just oh. won it. You just won me over with that. Um, uh, My Spider-Man one is, I think, genuinely the scariest Spider-Man villain. Uh, Speaking of current events, is Morlun. Oh, okay. Is is who? Wait, say Morlun. I was like, swear to God, if you say fucking Big Wheel, I'm going to lose it. (laughs) (laughs) Big Wheel, keep on turning? That's terrifying. Uh, No, it's Morlun. Morlun is terrifying. He is. Because he is just the Terminator. He is just Dracula Terminator. machine. This is a new character, right? No, Morlun is from the Straczynski run. Um, oh, that's the, right. He's yeah. the guy who hunts uh, to- totems, spider Tot- totems. Yeah, yeah. Multiversal he's the spider first threat. person to just completely beat the living eternal shit out of Spider-Man. Yes. Him to death, literally. Fuck, he, I forgot he's about that. He appeared in like four stories. Yeah. <laughs> But it's so scary. <laughs> he's fucking terrified. I, I love him. It's always a big deal when he shows up. Yeah. Um, and I'm so getting... glad that he doesn't have the fucking family anymore because that kind of ruined Morlun. It ruined Morlun, yeah. Like yeah. to make it the inheritors and all that stuff. Like that that's a, that's super boring. Yeah. Morlun by himself is such a scary threat. Like and he's back for this current uh slot and bagley book. Yes, so. he is, which is awesome. <laughs> love it, love it, love it, love it. Yeah, I love Morlun. Uh, I think Morlun is terrifying. Good yeah. picks. Uh, next email comes from Jacob Goodhart. Jacob, what's up? Who writes, uh, Dear Geek Explain Podcast, I just want to start off by saying, Malcolm, you are 100% right. Ned is just ganky, and that infuriates me as well. Thank I'm you. I'm glad I'm not the only one who thought so, and I'm still mad about it. Thank you. Still fucking mad about it. It's been <laughs> six years. I'm still mad about it. Reading through the next few issues of Miles' run was a nice experience since I don't, didn't really read them when the series was coming out, and it's nice to see small-scale Spider-Man stuff be what our new hero primarily deals with. If there's one thing I could gripe about, it's that Jessica Drew doesn't take any time to actually teach Miles to be Spider-Man, something <laughs> we wouldn't really get until the PS4 game with Peter and the Spider-Verse movie. This week I have a slightly more fun question. If you guys could have a superhero crossover with any other property, what would you have? I'd personally love to see Invincible crossover with My Hero Academia. That is a fucking genius That's a pick. great That's idea. A great idea. He writes, uh, both of them explore what it means to be a hero and how a real world with heroes would operate. I even got a... Co- 
he writes i got a concussion done i think he means i got a commission but he no, writes no. i even got a commission oh, done of mark and deku done last year and i'm like that, that concussion, got a concussion must be hurting yeah Wolf with both of them jesus jesus um yeah he got a commission done of mark and deku done last year can't wait to continue oh, yeah. the book with you guys jacob goodhart uh mm. jacob yeah uh first off who did those commissions i want to know the artist let us yeah know. i want to see yeah. it send us a picture send us Please. a picture but yeah um i love shit like this i would honestly i would love to see and this is uh because i've got him on the mind on the brain right now i would love to see like tim drake jump into like say like a parker book or like another like detective Ooh. noir story that'd be cool like i think tim works really well when it you know in stories that have to deal with analyzing and his brain yeah, and that'd be cool i would love to see that shit drop you know what tim drake in knives out Put Tim, Tim Drake, Drake and Knives Out. Knives Out, out yes. 3. Oh, Knives yeah. Out 3. Benoit Blanc comes to Gotham City. I think Tim is a little young for Benoit Blanc. I'm going to be honest. What? It's creepy. It's a little creepy, bro. Tim is at least 18. <laughs> uh, he doesn't read 18 anymore. <laughs> I think he does. They keep he's... resetting that character. I think he's back to being 16 again. No, I disagree. I, I Maybe that's just yeah. because I'm getting older no. and literally everyone under 25 in, is now in the uh, Fitz, 18 years in old. In the Fitzmartin, in the Fitzmartin run, it's she, he says like he's around like 19 or something like that. Really, he really yeah. doesn't read like that anymore. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Huh. But yeah, so I I would drop Tim into a uh, into a Knives Out mystery. I think that'd be really fun. Uh, Malcolm, what do you think? That's a good call. Shit. Um, I would want to put. I would want to put like a DC character in, or like uh, if if I could, a Batman character into like another Christopher Nolan movie. Ooh. I think that'd be really cool. That would be um, interesting. So like, if you had like like Dick Grayson and Tenet, like. <laughs> well, we do have Dick Grayson and Tenet. You're right. It's just Aaron Taylor Johnson. It's yeah. Rick Grayson. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's Rick Grayson. What about the the question with him? That would also be good. I see Christopher Nolan doing like a question kind of story. Nolan would crush a see, question uh, book. So so yeah, so, someone someone like that or someone who, you know, uh Okay, dope, you know, you know what would be dope as hell? Tim Drake edition. Put Tim Drake in Inception. Ooh. That would be dope. I was gonna, I was gonna say put Cass in, in Inception, but Tim oh, would be shit, really. That cool. would be awesome. Put Tim in Inception and have him be like uh, the Aaron, the Ariadne role. I, I think it. that'd be awesome. You know, hell yeah. And then just have Elliot Page play Tim. That'd be fucking sweet. Perfect. That'd be fucking. Elliot Page would crush Tim Drake. Elliot Page would be perfect for Tim. That would be wow. awesome. That would be awesome. Yeah, that would be so good. cool. That would yeah, be really yeah, yeah, neat. Yeah, yeah. Holy so, yeah, shit! There you go. I'm okay, into that's my pick. That's my percent into it. There we go. All Tim Drake. All right, Jacob. Ooh. Where would you drop Tim Drake? Where would you put Tim Drake? <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I would drop him in my bedroom harder than anything in, in the world right Whoa, now. Oh, right. welcome back to Below the Belt. <laughs> this time with guest special guest host Jacob Brown. Oh my Whoa. goodness! All of my dreams and visions. Anyway, d- d- no, like high school Jacob would not know what to, to talk to this kid. Um, <laughs> not know how to say like, "Can I be your friend?" Um, that's oh, all. God. That's all. Oh God, you're so sexy. Oh shit, did oh, I say that God. outside? Oh, God. Uh, did I say that out loud? Um, okay, no. Uh, Invincible, <laughs> Invincible meets Superman. That's what I originally wanted. Hell yeah! I've always wanted. Uh, after Hell he yeah. met Spider Man, I was like, the next logical sense is to make him meet Superman. Like it. Yeah. Uh, and I would say, like, I would say, like, um, right when he got like sometime when Mark, th- th- this interaction needs to happen right when Mark like has just gotten back in touches with his dad somewhere around that time oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that way he can talk to superman about fathers because that's what i think the conversation needs to have happen because of how superman has to relate either on like how how his father has this idea for him his biological father and also uh martha you know jonathan kent whether like what all his powers he couldn't save his adopted father you know yeah. all this kind of stuff yeah I was going to ask which almost, Superman is it? Current yeah. Superman who has I, like a John? I was honestly gonna say, you know, it would be a perfect oh with Jonathan? place to put him. Yeah, with yeah. like take Mark from just after he gets back from the reboot verse. Oh yeah, and have him cross over with Rebirth Superman. Oh okay, yeah, yeah. I yeah, I'd be so hip to that. That that would be great. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, I'd be hip to that. Oh, I, man. I talk about fatherhood and everything yeah. like that is definitely something yeah. I want to see. That's a great talk with yeah. Superman. Yeah. Specifically, like, after... weirdly aging up their children. Yeah, I was going to say, specifically <laughs> after, like, John comes back from his fucking cosmic road trip yeah. with Jor-El. <laughs> like, so that they can both commiserate about, like, yeah, we missed the formative years of our child's life. Well, <laughs> that yeah. sounds like a winning story. That would be super That would cool. be really good. Yeah. Uh, next up... Email from uh, The Real Deal, Brian Real. What up, Brian? Real? Writes in, uh, hey, Eric and others. I hope you Ah. have been doing great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think he sent this in for just a regular mailbag, but I'm going to fold it into this mailbag. Oh, my goodness. Uh, It's happening now. He writes, I hope you've been doing great. I've been really enjoying the Gotham Knights spotlights on the playable characters. Thank you. I uh, have to say I'm ready to main either Nightwing or Robin in those Jim Lee suits. You're goddamn right. Uh, my, my question this week is in relation to this haunted season and seasons overall. What works, genres, or characters do you most associate with the fall season? Are there any that double dip into others for you? For example, when I think of this time of year, I most notably think horror above all else is the dominant genre. But I also think some horror feels very summer, if that makes sense. The other main genre for fall for me is noir. If I was to go by strictly characters, I would say a character like Batman is very fall or winter, specifically Christmas time. Something like Captain America is always a strong summer or spring feeling. Mm-hmm. It's a very abstract question for sure that may not land, but this time of year always has me digging deep into horror and mystery stories in all types of mediums. And I would love to hear your thoughts on what you think feels best represented by a certain time of year. As always, keep up the great work and congrats on your voice acting career. It's so awesome to see to hear about your new opportunities and successes as they come. Best Brian. Thank you so much, Brian. Oh, yeah, buddy. Appreciate mm-hmm. that. Um, it's, it's funny. Cause I always, I also associate, uh, Batman and also Spider-Man with Christmas time. Um, huh. I love, huh. I just, I love Gotham in the snow. 
Yeah. I I really love that idea. Who are you, um, Victor Freeze? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I I agree though. I I do think that the main genre that I associate with fall is noir, like detective noir specifically. Rain, like overcast weather. Um, when it comes to like comic book characters like i i do envision something like batman i and maybe it's because i fucking love tim sales art in for all seasons but superman's universal but i love superman in the spring the idea of yeah. superman in the spring just really sings to me um because of that sunlight you know that, yeah that's that's basically what vibrant it is. colors yeah, like I, I i i dig that a lot yeah absolutely you guys have hmm. any thoughts on this i've never uh, really thought about it before to be honest it's an interesting uh, I, question yeah. i i definitely get into the howling commando mode of just reading man thing uh werewolf by night tomb of dracula frankenstein's monster just pretty much anything that marvel had the rights to universal monsters and i'll reread those howling commando like kind of uh uh books because of during around this time because of just how fitting it is for the time for 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 this uh for the season yeah uh i also i also love reading man thing and swamp thing during the springtime i'll do that because of the same reason as like nature's blooming and everything like that it just reminds me of nature and stuff it's my way of celebrating Arbor Day. <laughs> it's, it's <kind laughs> Arbor like, Day with Man Thing. Yes. I uh, love, love it. It's Jen really, says Arbor Thing. Yeah, like that and Groot, any Groot stuff, you know, I'll, I'll totally yeah. dish that all out in, during the spring. Um, <laughs> yeah, good. that's, I, it's good a stop. great question to ask, but yeah, it's yeah. seasonal. Like once in a while, I'll get like moods to be like, you know what, it's this time of year. Why don't I read this, you know? Yeah, I dig that. Uh, next email comes from Max Havisham, uh, first time writer. He writes, Hello, Eric. Hello, Malcolm. Hello, Jacob. Hi, Max. He writes, Hope this email finds you all well. I'm a short time listener, first time mailbag sender, so forgive me if this comes out as a bit of a rambling mess. First off, Max, feel free to ramble. We love the ramble. Yeah, ramble. Yeah. That's all we do on the podcast anyway. It's uh-huh. true. Uh, he says, I first heard of this podcast through one of the Daredevil episodes featuring Matt Draper. Go listen to those episodes. They're some of my favorites. I cried. Nice. It's good Um, stuff. Since then, I've semi-regularly caught every episode that I could, and it has been a very worthwhile experience. Thank you. Thanks, man. Uh, I missed the first book club about Invincible, but I began following along when you guys got to Ultimate Spider-Man. I remember reading the series on and off as a kid, but never fully finished it. Listening to you guys go through it issue by issue was such a fun journey. I'm glad that you have allowed all of us listeners to be a part of it with you. And I can't wait to hear your reactions and thoughts as you continue to go through Miles' initial story. I was starting college when the series started, so it holds a special place in my heart. Hopefully it will do the same for you all by the end. Lastly, I have a question. I know the group's love for Ultimate Jessica Drew is very well documented, and it is. And that got me thinking, are there any other spider women across the multiverse that y'all are fond of? For me, I'd have to say Silk, who has yet to get a real chance to shine, in my opinion. Uh-huh. The, the original Spider-Girl Mayday Parker and Spinneret, a.k.a. Mary Jane Watson Parker from the Renew Your Vows universe, to name a few. Oh, I'd love yeah. to hear your answers. Keep up the amazing work. Wishing you all the best. Uh, Marcel Hines. P.S. Malcolm is right. Miles should have stayed in the ultimate universe. God, thank you. Thank you. All right. Um, so I'll, I'm going to just come swinging right out the gate. 
it's silk for me um yeah being one of the only asian characters in uh in spider-man's you know supporting cast and making her so intrinsically uh entwined in peter's origin i think was really cool i do think that she has a great story in her her runs have been good but i think there's an all-timer in that care in that character like a uh, like a woman of tomorrow for example like there is a woman of tomorrow level story in her and it just hasn't been written yet but i'm excited to eventually get there who's your dream creative team for uh for that story then oh fuck let me think about that you guys go um yeah i i i definitely think silk would be one uh for sure i i love 616 jessica drew i i love that character i think she's wonderful especially in her more modern era um I look to the Dennis Hallam run on that character from a few years ago, uh, a couple of runs uh, and making her a mom and giving her a little bit more depth there and a more of a character uh, 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 like, like side uh, uh, ensemble, making it kind of like an ensemble book, giving her like a, like a posse with Ben uh-huh. and porcupine and stuff. Like I, I, I love that treatment for that character, but I just think that's a cool character in general. I think she's super fun. Um, I've always liked that she's been not attached to the Spider-Man family also that she's, you know, a spider woman, but in a different context, yeah. um, which is no longer the case <laughs> and hasn't been for a while, which is kind of a bummer, but yeah, I, I love like 616 Jessica Drew a lot. I think she's awesome. For sure. Jacob? Uh, Spider-Gwen. I really dig nice. Spider-Gwen when it was going on. I, when it was, co- when it was, the first a couple of volumes and stuff that when it was going on, it was I was just happy to see an alternate dimension version of Spider-Man. Like it was just like if Spider-Man died instead of Gwen Stacy, Gwen Stacy was the one with all the spider powers and like how yeah. like it mirrors like how the Green Goblin matches to her and like the Scorpion and other yeah. Spider-Man villains that kind of match that and her interaction with the other heroes in that time, like Frank Castle as the uh, Punisher and all that. It's really really good and i love sure. the artwork in that too so it was it was also oh, I, I loved i loved punk um gwen stacy because i always felt like the, the gwen stacy from ultimate spider-man kind of like was what uh spider Gwen was like in a band yeah. with yeah. three other girls you know and everything like that very josie and the pussycats as a superhero yeah, the mary you know, jane that's, yeah. It's, mary yeah it's the yeah. mary jane it's so good i i loved that that was like my my favorite thing about the in terms of anything female that came out of the spider-man universe hell yeah um for my silk book uh two creative teams that i think would crush it either uh mariko tamaki and chris somni or uh, (laughs) or Alyssa wong and alexandra defenki i think both of alexandra defenki what do i um he's doing he did uh good asian good asian that's, and then he's yes, also okay, doing yes. uh, Love at the End of the World. Love at the end. Yes. Or yes, Once Upon a Time at the End of the World. Yes. With, uh, Jason Aaron. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, cool. Yeah. Both yeah. those teams, I think, would legit crush it. Yeah. So I think it'd be super, super cool. I'm surprised. Excuse me. I'm surprised that they haven't given Marco Tamaki a silk book. Me too. I'm, like, genuinely surprised by that. Me too. That's interesting. Uh, she was at Marvel for a bit. So She was. She was. That didn't happen. <laughs> Always a always a chance. Yeah. Always a chance. 
And then finally, our final email of the week comes from uh, across the pond. Our good friend Alberto Berencelli writes back. Uh, Jacob did not scare him away last hey, week. Hey, that's hey, good. But I'm going to try again this time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love a challenge. Boy, does he. Ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth? Um, all right. Alberto writes, dear amazing trio, your pizza, Baba de Boopy, mustachioed, and racially charged at this point, Italian listener is back. <laughs> your pronunciation was top notch. Oh, Jokes aside, thank you so very much for your attention and kindness. It really put me in a good mood. We got a decent comic book following here in Italy, but not too many quality content-based podcasts or YouTube channels. Your picks from Roger Stern and Tom DeFalco, love me some MC2 arcs, uh, uh, were excellent uh, ones. I got another question for you. Since you already covered Ultimate Venom and The Maker, what do you think of Cates' Venom? I think he did a really great job in expanding the mythos and changing the character status quo, but in my opinion, it got a little too much on a cosmic scale, which is not my favorite kind of Marvel stories. Then again, using great. 1610 Symbiote and Reed Richards the way he did was very satisfying. Thanks again. All right, here we go. I'm going to say it. Grazie ancora. I, you know what, Alberto, just give me something to say in Italian every week and I'm going to mispronounce grazie. it heavily. <laughs> grazie. But grazie, grazie, Alberto, for the email. Um, I will say for me, I really enjoyed the Kate's run. It's probably my favorite Venom run because I've never been super invested in that character. It did get very cosmic and cosmic be near the end, but with the cosmic origins of the symbiote, I think it makes sense. And I am always going to give a run of comics praise if it uses the maker. So I I really enjoyed it. I would love to see what happened next to the maker more than I am more more than I am excited to find out what happens next for Eddie Brock. Yeah. Uh, what'd you guys think? Um, first off, that's your favorite Venom run. <laughs> Not the Rick Remender. Uh, I said favorite uh, Venom run, not favorite agent Venom run. No, no, it's a Venom run. <laughs> a Venom run is a Venom run, bro. Nope, nope. nope. They're two different. What's the title? For me. What's the title of that book? Agent Venom. Is that the title of that book? Agent Venom. Is that actually the title of that book? I'll bet you thousand dollars right I'm now. It's not, not going to check. You couldn't pay. You couldn't pay me a thousand dollars to look it up. It's Agent Venom. <laughs> <laughs> uh aside from Rick Remender's Venom run, I think it might be my favorite Venom run. I uh I I I don't care about Eddie Brock like in the 616 at all. I just don't care about that character. I think he's really boring and I think Kate's added some good dimension to that character and made him kind of interesting. Um Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh and I I enjoy the building on the mythos of the the symbiote stuff. I think I think it's a lot of fun. Um it really so it took me a while for me to get into it. Like I, I like the absolute carnage story. Um, it's probably my favorite carnage story because I oh, I guess other outside of like ultimate stuff, it's my yeah. favorite carnage story. Um, because I just don't I really don't get carnage very much either. Um, but uh the Venom Island story is what really sold me on that book. Uh, uh so if yeah, you want to yeah. jump into that book, it's right after Absolute Ven Absolute Carnage. Uh, and it's Eddie Brock on a deserted island. <laughs> it's, oh it's a very it's, good arc. It's a really good arc. It's Mark Bagley drawing it too. 
which is Ooh. awesome. Uh, but yeah, it's it's Venom. Uh, it's 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 Eddie versus some stuff uh, on on an island. Uh, it's him in his Oliver Queen days, and it's awesome. Shit. It's really kick ass. <laughs> Hell yeah! So that was what really sold me on like that run. I was like, oh shit, I actually do like this run because this story rocks. Um, yeah, and I think King of Black is like super fun because it gets really dumb, which is yeah. really cool. Uh, I think like the ending of Black is stellar. Agreed. <laughs> but yeah, I like that run. I think it's good. Nice, Jacob. Uh. I read Agent Ven- Venom in the Guardians of the Galaxy run when he joined the crew for that. Oh, and I just yeah, read, yeah. And I read that run. I, I just read that volume and that's it. I don't know anything else but that. I hate Venom. I hate symbiotes. There's your answer. Unless they're Very ultimate well symbiotes. You love the ultimate symbiotes. Unless they're ultimate and that's when it works. So yes. that's why you should read the Kate's run on Venom and that's all I'll say. What? Because mm-hmm. of ultimate Venom? Maybe. Yeah, that's still not good enough. It's I should read it in the Ultimate Universe. You yeah, should read it for the, for the maker of it all. The maker is, becomes oh, yeah. a, like a primary antagonist. Antagonist. Uh, and yeah, it's interesting that, you know, that run ended almost two years ago now, and we haven't had anything of where that went. Thank God. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? I, what, what the hell? What the hell? <laughs> Venom is gone. Uh, Once again, if you want to be part of our Geeksplained Book Club mailbag, feel free to send in your emails to geeksplained at gmail.com. Put book club or ultimate mailbag in the subject header, and we will read it here. Thank you to everyone who wrote in this week. Really do appreciate that. But that does it for this week. Next week, it's going to get a little weird. Because Mm -hmm. next week, we are having some worlds collide as two Spider-Men will be crossing paths in the critically acclaimed Spider-Men. Oh. Written by Brian Michael Bendis, art by Sarah Pacelli. The synopsis goes like this. Universes collide for the first time in one ultimate amazing Spider-Man story. Superstar writer Brian Michael Bendis at last unites the wall crawlers of two worlds. Courtesy of the multiversal machinations of Mysterio. Yes! The Marvel Universe's friendly neighborhood Peter Parker meets Ultimate Comics' new kid on the block, Miles Morales, in a landmark tale they said would never be told. The new Ultimate Spider-Man is sure to learn much of power and responsibility from his amazing counterpart, a grown-up version of his fallen idol. But what lessons lie in wait for an adult Peter in a world at once familiar, yet strikingly different? A world in which he died young, but friends, foes, and loved ones live on. That is very interesting. Have you not read Spider-Man before? It's been years. Okay. I read it when it came okay. out. Haven't read it since. Okay. Um, cool. I don't remember a lot about it. So hey, we're in for a great time, boys. Spider-Man be, is wonderful. It's going to be a fun ride. It's five issues, Spider-Man one through five. So make sure you check that out. Do the reading. And we will see you right back here next week. Same Spidey time, same Spidey channel. So tune in for that. A brand new episode of the session of the uh, Geek Explained Book Club. Uh, be there or be square, not a circle. Not a circle. People know maybe, what happens now. Maybe a little bit of a circle. No. No. Maybe a little bit. No. An oval? That's even worse. Okay. But that is for worse. now, for the Geek Explained Book Club, I've been Eric Azana. 
I am Malcolm Joshua Russell Nelson. Oh. And I'm Jacob Matthew Brown. I guess we're using middle names now. Your middle name's Matthew? Your middle yes. name's Matthew? Yes, like Matt Murdock. You're welcome. Also, I'm, Joshua I'm, I'm, isn't my middle name. It's oh. the second part of my first name. Oh, yeah. Matthew's not my middle name either. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. I, I thought of Daredevil. That's <laughs> no, I was, no, I was being serious. Uh, yeah, gonna, I was being serious. What are you talking about? Yeah. I'm going to start calling you Matthew, like how uh, Electra says it in the. Uh, Matthew. 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 <laughs> got you. Oh, oh my God. Oh, I just got turned on. So All good. Right. Uh, God. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to us ramble and rave. Uh, everybody stay safe and we will see you next time. I'm rewatching the third season of Daredevil right now and I forgot how much it's an absolute ripper. It's so good. I think it's it, peak TV. I think it's the best season out of the it's, three. It's the best season, and I think that's it's I think it's easily the best thing that they did with the Netflix stuff is season three of that show. It is so insanely good. There's only one thing missing from that. What's up, Danger? Yeah.